a wise mentor once said to me, we have to take care of those we count on to take care of us. Have you thought of your money as existing to take care of you? Have you thought of yourself as endowed with the right and responsibility to take care of it so that it can take care of you? What kind of relationship do you have with your money? Welcome to the Beyond Success Podcast, a collection of conversations with the best business minds, captains of industry, and entrepreneurs in the world. Learn what their journey has taught them, how they applied the lessons they learned, and ultimately created six, seven, and even eight-figure businesses. We can't create successful businesses by ourselves, so sit back and let the Beyond Success Podcast be your mentor. Now, here's your host, author, entrepreneur, public speaker, and master money manifester, Daniel Mangana. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Beyond Success podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mangana, joined by a prodigal guest. She and I have been playing a podcast tennis four months, five months, maybe. Is oh, I think it was longer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was way longer. My travel schedule. You, you and I did one once. Yeah, I we, we do have another episode. We're gonna we're gonna pop a link to that in the show notes um, for people to yeah. link into. But we're 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 back once again with another episode. Um, specifically talking about decision making. Um, let's just reintroduce you to the audience. So why don't you let the audience know who you are, what it is you do, and then we'll loop back and get into the conversation. Okay, so hi, I'm Madeleine Claire Weiss. I am a um, Harvard-trained licensed psychotherapist, mindset expert, and board-certified executive career and life coach. I'll tell you real quick my why. Um, when I was 15 years old and my dad was 42, he died suddenly of a stroke. And since, yeah, and since I was kind of a mouthy little girl, still am, I guess, uh, I thought he died of me until, because people didn't talk to their kids the way we do now, which is good that that has improved. Um, but I went for a long time thinking it was me until this one day in the cemetery with my mom, and I broke down with her about how all my fault it was, and she said, no, honey, it was work. So no surprise, even though I started out in the uh, USDA biological control lab, I got a, a med tech certification. So I was working in clinical chemistry labs, but there was always this pool, pool to the people. So here I am helping um, high achieving executives, professionals, entrepreneurs, busy people. Uh, find more hours in the day, more clarity and focus, more energy, peace of mind, freedom and fulfillment, maintaining high performance without burning out. So that's hmm. that's what I live to do. Uh, well, these kind days. Of, yeah, and, and that on. really loops into what we're doing with with the money DNA because. Money DNA is giving people the opportunity to be in a space of flow that doesn't require the nonsensity of burnout and doesn't require hustle and bustle and tussle. And I think that's one of the reasons why there is this beautiful alignment between the work that you're doing and what we're doing. And um, 
in this particular conversation, we're going to be speaking about pillar four of Monday DNA, which is decision making, um, because how we are operating internally really impacts whether we can make clean decisions. I mean, you you're in the you've been in the lab, you've been in the lab, you know, yeah, more than certainly more than I am sure more than a lot of the listeners just how imperative it is to be in a conducive space to be able to make the decisions that are going to propel you forward rather than being hijacked and a slave to unconscious programs and everything that I can lead to right yeah so the first line of this which you know about because I think we talked about this last time Mm -hmm. is a great life depends on a great fit between who we are and the environments in which we work and live. And that includes what you just mentioned, which is the internal environment. Mm. And there's actually a whole chapter in there on money and it has a little exercise at the end, which kind of illustrated to me my own, uh, should we call it my own upper limit mm-hmm. on, on money. I did this thing with my money where you pretend you're on a talk show and all of your listeners can do this too. You pretend you're on a talk show um, like Oprah and you're Mm -hmm. talking about your relationship with money, right? Mm -hmm. And my money said to me, you don't enjoy me, you don't appreciate me, you ignore me, I'm here for you, and you just let me sit here. And I thought, oh my God, you are so right, and I am so sorry. And that was Mm -hmm. a number of years ago. And Mm -hmm. Dan, to your point, just that awareness and shift in mindset, which sounds so little, But it's this little ripple that just made such a huge impact because Mm -hmm. somehow since then, it's almost like magic, which is what Mm -hmm. they talk about in these um, law of attraction books. You Mm -hmm. know, the money grew Mm -hmm. and I'm giving it away and spending it more. And Mm -hmm. and yet there's more of it, which is exactly what is predicted when we straighten out whatever the blockage is. Hmm. I wonder, I, I would love if you could just to walk us really slowly through that exercise, because I think that's really going to be powerful for people to, to be able to, 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 to me, do. And, give um, me a second, one third. And by the way, guys, make sure we're going to pop links to the show notes to the other episode that we did with Madeleine, really going through a bit more about the book and also to the book and to her and everything she's doing so you can dive a bit more in. But I want everybody to mm-hmm. get the opportunity to really see the power of this exercise. Okay, so the chapters, the first heading in the chapter on money is money shame. So that probably doesn't surprise you, Dan. Okay, <laughs> the exercise is called Relationship Building for Your Money and You. A wise mentor once said to me, We have to take care of those we count on to take care of us. Have you thought of your money as existing to take care of you? Have you thought of yourself as endowed with the right and responsibility to take care of it so that it can take care of you? What kind of relationship do you have with your money? This exercise is designed to help you identify who you are in relation to your money and to begin to assess how happy and healthy you believe that relationship to be. To practice, find a quiet spot. You can do this. 
make a make yourself comfortable closing your eyes or simply gazing downward and open to the sound around you connect with one of the senses to settle down your busy mind and now imagine that you are on a daytime talk show having a conversation I actually wrote in here, true, kind, necessary, and beneficial. That's the uh, Buddhist prescription for how we should talk to the people in our lives. True, kind, necessary, beneficial, or you don't need to be saying it. So imagine you're having that kind of conversation with someone you're intimately involved with about what it's like to be in a relationship with you. Only in this case, that person is your money. The ground rule is that neither of you can argue with the other's point of view. Today, we're here to listen and learn. Half of America is watching. What will you tell your money about what it's like to be in a relationship with it? Now it's your money's turn to talk. What is your money going to say about what it's like to be in a relationship with you? What do you think you two can work out to improve your relationship and your life going forward. So, So, as you've taken people through this, I'm sure you've taken people through this process as well. um, Yes. In in the course of working through them. Where have you seen people push back against the benefit of doing this exercise? So for example, what I found myself doing in the past when I know I'm self-sabotaging is either I know that already, I've done something like that before, or being distracted when doing the exercise, not really fully showing up for it. These are some of my unconscious sabotage patterns that I've seen in the past. What are some of the ones that you've seen working with people and how can they start to break through those so they can really get the benefit of this kind of exercise? So the... The title of the book, Getting to Grade the G.R.E.A.T, the T is for tackling the normal, natural, predictable, inherent resistance to change. People who work with me know from the get go that they're going to feel that pushback. So there's a woman that I'm uh, working with who has actually, it turns out, very similar issues with money that I just described to you. The conversation that I had. So she um, arranged with me that Mm -hmm. she was going to buy herself a really nice coffee machine. Mm -hmm. She even specified that it was going to be red. Mm -hmm. And this was a commitment that she made. And then I met with her the next week and she did not do it. So that's the kind of thing that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, we're talking about. We very often choose the familiar unhappiness because we know how to deal with that. Mm. She could not believe, and we bring a sense of humor to it, like how crazy does it seem that Mm -hmm. she's scared to death to buy a red Nespresso. That has to be under 200 (laughs) And I want to get to a point that you always make because Mm -hmm. I think it comes into play here. Mm -hmm. But in any case, I said to her, this is during one of our sessions. Mm -hmm. And I said, mind you, this is costing you X number of dollars 
a minute. I'm going to sit here. Do you still want that coffee pot? She said, yeah. I said, okay, good. I'm going to sit here while you order it. And she tried to order the thing while I was sitting with her and her internet wasn't working or something. Do you know Jen um, Sincera, who wrote The Badass? Yeah, you're badass at making money and you're badass at blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So Jen Sincera says, when you try to break through mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone, all hell breaks loose. You get in a car accident, the dishwasher mm -hmm. overflows, the dryer mm -hmm. shuts down, all kinds of stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I have to write to Jen and tell her what just happened to you. She's trying to order this little coffee pot and she So I said to her, okay, what if we finish our session together how would you feel about letting me know? It was that and one other thing, because mm -hmm. we decided change management says it's often good to couple something that's mm -hmm. related to it. So mm -hmm. she did. And she let me know when it was done. But there was so much learning for her in how hard that simplest thing was. So you've talked about micro steps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I call that. Um, the Goldilocks principle, mm -hmm. which is not so big that yeah. it freaks us out and we do nothing, but so small that it doesn't move the needle. there's nothing more depressing than a bored brain. So mm -hmm. not so, and then when we're depressed, we blame it on people whose fault it isn't, but we don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people come to me and their central problem is they're bored. So anyway, <laughs> it can't be too big that it shuts them down. But on the other hand, it can't be so small that the mm. brain is not stimulated by the action. So this little coffee thing was perfect for her because there was so much anxiety with just doing this one simple indulgence, and it really put her on the on the road. So I expect I expect big wonderful things for her down the line. Amazing. And amazing. this this put her on the right road. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Um, in terms of decisions, you shared a really interesting quote, and I'm going to loop that back to what we're just talking about here. You said a really interesting data point that was given in in Informed yeah. Magazine recently. Do you want to share that with the listeners? Yeah, I'm going to throw another one in first. Oh, human, go for it. <laughs> make approximately 35,000 decisions every day. Hmm. And what makes that even more exhausting is that we're making decisions now about things we never made decisions about before. Pandemics and recessions and whatever whatever is happening or we think may be happening, whether it's going mm -hmm. to be happening or not, there's actually something diagnosable that physicians describe as decision fatigue. Hmm. And it really has an impact on us both physically and mentally. It also affects our work. And then when our work suffers or it affects our families, and then when our families are suffering, that creates other issues that we have to make even more decisions about. So after I wrote the book, I saw the 35,000. And I also saw the one I mentioned to you, mm -hmm. which is where Forbes said very clearly and emphatically that 
decision-making needs to be at the top of every company or organization's agenda for 2022. I saw that about six months ago or so. And when I saw that, and I saw the 35,000 pretty much around the same time, I thought, holy moly, what is this five-step process, this getting to great, if Mm -hmm. not a series of decisions like the Nespresso, big Mm -hmm. and small about everything in our lives. You know, Mm -hmm. if we have children, it's about who's... uh, who's taking care of them when and what's the daycare going to be and what do we do when they're sick and then there are all the businesses. I mean, so there's so many decisions like even getting out of bed in the morning is a decision. And I noticed that since the pandemic, I seem to be like deciding on my clothes five times a day, whereas when I used to go to an office, it was it was kind of once, maybe twice, I change when I get home. But mm-hmm. now you know, you're going to the gym and mm-hmm. you're uh, getting online with them mm-hmm. and you're doing this. <laughs> and right? have to look fabulous, which you do, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I actually put shoes on for you. You put shoes on for me? Yes. I thought I would feel empowered if I had shoes on. Work? I have, yeah. I have, uh, do you want to say? No. Okay. You do. You want to see the shoes? You have to lift up. Oh, fabulous shoes as well, not just any actually, shoes. Actually, they're not, they're actually, but you can't see them. Yeah, they're I can not, see them. I have one pair of Louboutins, and I can't wear them because they're so uncomfortable. <laughs> I should have put them on for you, though. Okay, so, <laughs> so back to decision-making. I just yes. thought, I was telling you, I always look for the one thing Mm-hmm. that I think will most affect everything else. Mm-hmm. And I've come to think, I just gave a talk on decision-making for the Wharton Innovation Summit because nice. there's there's lots of good research and I'm really keeping up with it mm-hmm. on the myths and misunderstandings that we have about decision-making that we can actually fix. And I think make an enormous difference in every area of our life. And everything's connected to everything else, as I'm sure you know. So. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. So we've got this one thing. Um, we have your magical formula. We've got some exercise we can do. We can have the Goldilocks micro-shifting approach. For someone that's looking at all of this and like, oh my God, where do I even start? What would you advocate for them as a starting point in terms of making better decisions, starting to move forward to decisions that are going to support more growth? So the first thing that popped into my head in response to your question Mm -hmm. is about what pops into the head. It's so noisy Mm. inside that it isn't just that we don't listen to each other, it's that we don't listen to ourselves. Mm. The wisdom is in there. So like something like that uh, coffee machine will come up and we go, first of all, we might ignore it because it seems stupid, but it comes back. Mm. And then she kept doing what we do, which is she kept saying, nah, nah. I don't really need that. I need this mm-hmm. more, blah, blah, blah. blah. It, it, there was something that she was torn between and she, she, she realized there was no reason why she couldn't do both. Mm-hmm. And so it's this quieting 
the inside. So Emerson calls it like a flash across the mind. Mm -hmm. You get your, like what to do is in there and we need to capture that. Did that address anything close to what you were asking me? It did, it did. Because I think when, I mean, we've got the brains caught up trying to tackle these 35,000 plus decisions, right? We've got the programs coming in, we've got the washing machine trying to break, we've got the, we're trying to move forward and we've got all of the stuff coming up trying to distract us. And it's like, where do we find some kind of level footing? Because with all of that noise, how can we even think about listening to ourselves? Because we've got all of this stuff out here and then that comes up and that comes up. So just giving the listeners something that they can say, okay, this is where I can start. And then from there, I can move, put one foot in front of the other and start to move forward. That's what I really wanted to give them. And I think, I think you definitely no do. No one can determine that for you from the outside, mm -hmm. mm. right? Can't mm. that like only be determined on the inside? But how do we make how do we make that determination? <laughs> that becomes a how do we how do we know? For example, um, how do we know that the voice that we are hearing is supporting us versus it throwing us off and having us going in another direction? Great question. Mm. Great, great question. Mm -hmm. So, when we feel anxious, mm -hmm. and here's here's what makes your question so great. Mm -hmm. How do we know? whether we're anxious because we're going into a glorious unknown mm -hmm. and we would feel anxious even if it was going to be wonderful because mm -hmm. we've never been there before and we have no reason to know it's going to go well because we've never been there before. So we should be anxious versus mm -hmm. when we feel anxious because it's not the right place. So first of all, we need to be quiet enough on the inside. And I have an exercise for us before we end. Mm -hmm. Remind me. Mm -hmm. We need to start quieting on the inside so that we can even hear the signal. Wait a minute. I'm feeling something here. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, is this thing I'm about to embark on or thinking about doing aligned with my goals mm. so if it's not aligned and there there are visioning exercises that i do with people where they imagine the um, ideal state their 10 plus day or who they see themselves being and you can craft that in many different mm -hmm. ways but once there is the vision then is is this aligned with those goals hmm. and if it is and you're uncomfortable that's fine take a smaller step as i think mm -hmm. you would say mm -hmm. but take a step mm -hmm. but if it's not aligned with your goals that's all you that's need to know, to know. Mm -hmm. so in a way that should make it make something that doesn't seem so simple simpler mm -hmm in all of the noise well where in this noise is my goal oh that's the direction of my goal okay here's an op here are the opportunities or potential steps which of these potential steps are aligned with my goals that one okay i can take that one and then i can take this one and i can take this one and i can take this one i had somebody say to me today this mm -hmm. guy is building a wonderful big business mm -hmm. and things are going really well 
But he said since he stopped putting Coca-Cola in his coffee and started meditating and started because I gave him a really bad time about the Coke and the coffee. <laughs> he, he was on a session with me and he picked it up. I said, what, uh, excuse me, what are you drinking? <laughs> he told me and he said the look on my face made him stop. <laughs> but he um, he feels so energized. And I said to and he thinks it's because of the aerobic exercise. And I said, I want to suggest to you that it's more of than that, that it's mm-hmm. that this uh, self-care pe- mm-hmm. people call it is giving you a sense of agency. We live in this world where we can hardly control anything. So when we're doing whatever your morning ritual might be, or if if one is choosing to take on a meditation practice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or exercise, when we actually see ourselves doing, and I told this to the woman with an espresso machine, I said, your well-being depends on your being able to see you, two things, doing what you say you're going to do, Mm-hmm. and not doing what you say you're not going to do. And you need to watch you. You need to be able to observe you as somebody that you can count on. Hmm. If you want to feel well, and you want to do well. If you want to be successful, then you need to know that you can count on you. And the only way to know that you can count on you is you say, you're, you say what you're going to do and you do and it, you and do you it. say what you're not going to do and you don't, don't do, do it. it. Mm. Relatively straightforward and yet somehow gets lost in so much complexity. <laughs> Only because we're human. <laughs> oh, but yeah, mm. yeah. Simple. Hmm. Why don't you take us through the exercise? Um, okay. Take us through the exercise. Um, what about the um, decision-making myths? Should we do those today or some other time? Or what do you think? Let's do that. Let's do it. I'm loving this. Why don't we, let, okay. do you want to do the exercise first and then the myths or the myths and the exercise? Let me think. I have to make a decision. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me do the myth. Okay. We're going to close on, on this, this beautiful, peaceful note with the okay, exercise. Then. Sounds beautiful. And by the way, I'm pretty good at making decisions now. I don't struggle with them. Can I, I've got a secret. Do you know what I do? What? I've got a coin toss app on my phone. Oh. I toss a coin. And what I find sometimes is the prospect of leaving my fate to a coin, because I always follow the coin, lets me know what I really want to do. Oh, wonderful. There's yeah. something where the body goes back and forth, too. I forget how that works. Muscle testing. Is that what that is? Yeah, some kind of muscle testing. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Myth number one is mm-hmm. that um, a lot of uh, people think that the harder a decision is, the more time we should spend on it. And that's mm-hmm. on the surface sort of makes sense, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's wrong mm. pretty much because there's something called Fredkin's paradox. And Fredkin's paradox is basically that the reason that decision is so hard is that the threats and opportunities on either side are pretty well balanced. So they they show this picture of um, Borodon's ass. And it's a donkey, no, it's a donkey. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. I was was like, okay, all right. 
little soft porn going on. Yeah. No, it's a donkey. <laughs> it's a donkey. I, I have a picture of it in my PowerPoint. So I've seen this two ways. The donkey mm-hmm. is either looking at two identical bales of hay mm-hmm. or a bale of hay and a pail of water. Mm-hmm. And the donkey can't decide. This donkey is starving and mm-hmm. can't decide which is going to be the better. Mm-hmm. This this hay or that hay, because they look alike, or this water or the hay, because, mm-hmm. well, water is good for survival. Anyway, and while the donkey is trying to make the very best decision, because it's so important, he dies. Hmm. And so there are lots of studies that show that the CEOs who move faster than we would otherwise maybe feel inclined to move on a very important decision have better revenues and greater productivity. Mm-hmm. And so they say the more successful CEOs know this to move faster. So in my presentation, it's fast, bold, emo, which is what my son used to say when he thought I was being too emotional. emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and high. And the high is the exercise that I'm going to show you at the end. So the only people who like to see their leader dragging his or her feet is your competition because they're moving while you're not. There's a study that shows that 66% of employees or something like that um, won't follow a leader who appears hesitant. People have this idea that um, if they wait long enough, better information will come and help them when they're feeling stuck between alternatives. But what actually happens is that decision fatigue I talked about sets in. And so there is no new learning. New information can come along, but we can't even take it in because we're so exhausted and so burnt out. Hmm. So the idea would be to be bolder. And there are studies that show they um, separated a couple of groups and the ones that took the bolder action were actually happier down the line than the ones who stayed in the safety zone, which we're kind of wired to do, to kind of want to play it safe. And we think that that's a better thing than it turns out to be at times. There's a Yale study that I love that talks about um, when we're in the comfort zone, the learning and motivation centers of the brain shut down. So there is no new learning. Nothing much happens, and it doesn't feel very good. The reason that it shuts down is because the brain doesn't like to waste any energy. Oh, and So it conserves energy by going to hibernation, kind of. Yeah, right? Because mm-hmm. it figures everything's good here. We're in our <laughs> comfort zone. Everything's fine, right? Which I'm not going to waste any energy on there, yeah. right? So your learning and your motivation shuts down. You're probably bored. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so that brings us to emo. I just had a client say to me recently, wow, I didn't know that my emotions were supposed to matter in the decisions that I'm making. And I said that there, there's a story about a physician who couldn't get dressed in the morning because he had a um, prefrontal brain injury that separated the emotions from his higher cognitive functions. And so he'd, he'd stand there, he'd have all these pants on the bed, and he'd be looking at them, and he didn't know how he felt about any of them, and he'd just stand there staring at his pants. He wasn't able to make a choice. Because he wasn't able to make a choice, and there are more scientific studies that actually show that judgment is impaired, planning is impaired when the when there's no access to the emotions. There are people um, in the study who chose to go in the direction of bankruptcy and they knew that it would put them into bankruptcy, but they didn't know how they felt about it. Like you would go, ooh, I'm not going yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that because of the injury. They didn't know how they felt about it. So they would make that choice for other reasons. So um, we want the emotions to be part of the mix, but we do not want them to drive the bus. Hmm. So we want the hot, this is the hand model of the brain. Mm -hmm. This is the, um, what'd you say? The reptilian brain? No, so that right. So that's that's down here. Mm-hmm. This this is what came next, which is the um, amygdala, yeah, mm-hmm. in the limbic system. So mm-hmm. this thing is pulling in data from the environment, mm-hmm. and usually when the experts on this talk about it, they talk about the negative emotions. I have had clients who have been so excited and so happy that they couldn't think straight either. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's both. So when just this extremes. came, what? Just extremes when it's an extreme. Right. So when this thing is freaking out, what if that's not Coke and coffee or drinking? No, so, it's <laughs> So when this thing is freaking out, it throws the higher cortex offline. Oh. So you don't have access to your higher brain. Mm -hmm. And this thing is running the show, which Mm -hmm. we never, ever want. What we want is them integrated so this can say either, I am so excited about what's going on here, or I can't stand what Mm -hmm. I'm looking at. Can you help? And Mm -hmm. then the higher brain says, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. I got it from here, and your decision mm-hmm. comes from your higher brain. Now, mm-hmm. here's the exercise. How do we get this integration? Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to share that you can get it in 30 seconds. 30 seconds, that's it. 30-second mindset reset is what I call it. If you go to my website, which I'm having redesigned, so it's not as um, easy to find as it will be. But mm-hmm. if you go down to a box that says complementary mind management exercises, mm-hmm. it's, it's the power breathing exercise 
and there's a one sheet on it. But okay. if you like, we can do it now. Let's do it, and we'll pop a link in the show notes for people to go directly to it. Hello everyone, it's Duncan Casey here from Dan Mangena's Team Dream. Just jumping in here with a quick message to let you know that the following exercise requires you to close your eyes and meditate. So if you are driving, operating machinery or doing anything that requires your full attention, please make sure that you pause this episode here and come back later when it's safe to do so. Thank you. Okay, so sit up nice and straight, feet flat on the ground, top of the head parallel with the sky, and we're going to take three luxurious breaths. What's different about these breaths, and singers know this and some others do too, it's called polyvagal breathing. And what it does is it stimulates the polyvagal nerve by doing these breaths the way I'm gonna tell you. It stimulates that nerve, which runs all the way from your midsection up to the top of your brain. It takes you out of the sympathetic nervous system activation, fight, flight, freeze, Mm -hmm. and it puts you into parasympathetic, which is calming and more focused. Mm -hmm. People worry sometimes they'll be so chill, they won't be very smart or active, but that's not true. It makes you very clear and focused. So what's different about this breathing is that most of us automatically as adults fill the lungs when we breathe in, but we're not gonna do that. We're gonna fill the belly like Mm -hmm. a balloon. And then when we breathe out, the balloon deflates, the belly comes all the way back in. So try one of those and then we'll do this. That was great. Because we shouldn't see the shoulders moving at all. Okay? So now we're going to, again, fall still, top of the head parallel with the sky, chin tucked in slightly. You may either close your eyes or simply gaze downward. And we're going to take three luxurious breaths, deep, luxurious belly out on the in-breath, belly in on the out-breath. And when you're finished, come back into the middle. Three luxurious breaths. How was that? Mm. Yes, the light looks different. No kidding. I had Mm. this uh, wonderful young man who had a very, actually his life was great, but he had a racing mind and it was driving him nuts. Mm -hmm. So when he did that, when he was finished, he looked at me and he said, wow. It was like like he took a psychedelic or something <laughs> because it's it's so calming and clearing. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I think that's a quite a yummy way to finish the episode. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, we made it. We did. We did it. We did it. We made it. Um, listeners, I hope you've been blessed by this. I've been poured into. I've been poured into too. You probably got some space to go back and do some take some notes. There's someone in your life right now who could be served by this episode. Why don't you go ahead and share it with them right at this moment? We pop the links to all of the things in the show notes. Make sure you tap in with Madeleine and and dive into the yumminess. We've also put as again the link to the other episode on the podcast with her. Until next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Join me in thanking uh, Madeleine for this episode and for her time and for her work and for her light. And remember that you can consciously choose. You can make the decision for a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Beyond Success Podcast. We hope that it has been of service to you. For more information and to stay up to date with the latest from Daniel Mangena, please head over to dreamwithdan.com. We'll see you for the next one.